We're welcome to Faithfulness Committed Podcast. Yay! Awesome. I'm excited. Thank so you for the invitation. <laughs> okay, first, um, I definitely want to introduce you. So everyone, oh my God, he's a man with many titles. He's my bishop, my friend, my counselor, my financial advisor, my tax person, and he definitely helps me out when it comes to entrepreneurship. So we are going to welcome Bishop Donald Butler. <laughs> Yay, thank you so much for the invitation. And, and listen, congratulations on this journey of doing a podcast. So this is amazing. I'm thankful to be your guest here. And um, I'm excited. I am too, and thank you. But before we get started, because some people have sent in some questions, today's title is Back to the Basis Biblically. And, but before we go there, tell us a little about yourself. Sure. So, one, I'm a pastor of, of um, the Focus Project Ministries, and, um, and I'm also a business owner, so I own... Um, two businesses. One business is a consulting business. We do accounting and tax preparation. And um, the other business is an academy where we provide IT training as well as entrepreneurship and tax training. And um, over 25 years, years of experience doing that. But also, um, I'm a professor for University of Maryland Global Campus where I teach accounting. And um, besides that, I'm a family man and um have two children, wonderful children. I'm a grandfather. And um, so that's a little bit about me. Excellent. Actually, I need to sign up. Don't you have those PMP classes? Yes, I'm about to um post it now. Um, I have some that's coming up. Yeah, that's the one I definitely need to register for. Well, again, thank you for joining us. So we're gonna go thank with you. the first question. Um, that someone sent in. Who is God? Mm, who is God? The God that, you know, created the heaven and the earth is the supreme God. He's the creator, God, father, God. We call him, you know, um, Abba, father. He's the beginning and the end, the alpha and omega. Um, he is truly, you know, a friend, a friend, a father, you know, so many things you can just, you know, adjectives that you can use to describe them, but he is the God, you know. Amen. Yes, he is. Okay. A lot of people cannot understand the purpose of the Holy Trinity. Could you tell us what that is? The purpose of the Holy Trinity. Now, um, Trinity itself is not written in scripture, but the description of Trinity, when you think about um, three, you're dealing with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And um, so that makes up the Trinity. And they all work in sync together, but also they have their different roles that they play. And, um, you know, with God the Father, he is the Father. He's the one that created everything, and he's still speaking. Um, Jesus the Son gave his life for us, and um, but he was there from the beginning, and and even now, so when God said, let us make man in our own image, he was talking from the perspective of the Trinity. And um, and so 
um that's where you know we also have the holy spirit where the holy spirit is more of a of a spirit of god that the spirit can dwell within us and we have that relationship that close relationship with him by way of his holy spirit i did not know trinity wasn't in the bible <laughs> <laughs> learn something new every time i talk to you <laughs> okay <laughs> Okay, what is the difference between your God and other gods? Mm. So God says that he is God above all, above all gods. And um, and what are the other gods? The other gods that are associated with that name, that term gods, are typically um, part of the dark kingdom. Or the kingdom of darkness, I should say. Um, those are the god gods are typically deem um, you know, related to demons. Um, and they want people, they want us to worship them and um take the place of the capital G, capital O, capital D God. Um, mm -hmm. as and we we call God the Father, you know, Yah, as he is the creator, God. Um but those other gods are are not to be worshipped. They're nothing to be played with. They're very strong um, entities, but they are they're nowhere, you know, near the power of God, the Creator. Amen to that. Good right. question. That was a good question. <laughs> Who is Jesus, and what is his purpose? So Jesus is the Son of God. He's his only Son. Um, from the beginning, so, you know, when you say, what is his purpose? His purpose is to save humanity and bring us right before God. He is, he is, you know, the best way to describe Jesus, he's like that, he's like that, um, the uncle that come and save the, you know, say, you know, like, let's, let's take you out to go to the store or something that your parents wouldn't do. And you're like, man, I can't wait for that uncle to show up. And sometimes, you know, it could be that aunt that you might say, I want that aunt to show up, you know, and um, is that favorite aunt that you have. But Jesus is like that, you know, like that, that, that big brother, that uncle, that, you know, someone that you can look up to like, hey, I couldn't access God, but I need you, Jesus, to help me to access the throne room of heaven because I want to talk to God. And um, no man could speak to God except through Jesus. So Jesus is um, the way he's the truth. He's the light. But we need him to get to the father God. And because of his blood, because he shed his blood from, um, you know, on the cross. He opened up that opportunity for us to even have that relationship with God. So when you think about who Jesus is, Jesus is literally, you know, our savior. He came to save the world. He came to save us from sin. And, um, you, you know, so it's, it's almost as if, you know, when sin first entered the world, um, he was right there to save us, which is very powerful. I wouldn't ask for any other way. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay, let's go a little bit deeper into the Holy Spirit. Now, I came from a traditional church, and we were taught that the Holy Spirit would teach you all things and show you things to come. 
Are there anything else that the Holy Spirit would do? The Holy Spirit is, um, like I said, that that's the, the comfort that we get from God. So when you say what else that the Holy Spirit would do, he would comfort us. And because God knows that is 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 important that we're not alone. And how could he say that, you know, it's good that man is not alone, but then, you know, say like, for example, somebody may not have a spouse or they may not have a family. Um, then why are they alone? If he says it's not good for man to be alone. Well, there is still someone that can be there, which is his Holy Spirit. And he's there to guide us. He's there to comfort us. He, he's there to show us what we need, teach us what we need to know. And um, so the Holy Spirit is really a comfort that we get that no nobody can ever give us. We can, you know, get that comfort from other people to to some point. But at at you know, if you want to experience the fullness of that comfort, it's going to come from the Holy Spirit. Yes, it will. Amen to that. And here's a biggie: What is sin? What is sin? You know, and I'm gonna tell you something. I always say it's okay to say you don't know. But in this case, I would say sin is almost like it has its own, its own, um, its own life. So sin is an enemy against, is an enemy to God. Um, simply speaking, sin is anything that God does not like, anything that he hates, anything that he tells us not to do. Um, you know, it could be. If he told you to go left and you decide to go right, you sinned against him because you were disobedient. So disobedience to God. And there are things that are written in scripture that he says to do or that we should not do. And if we don't do those things that, that he tells us to do, or if we do the things that he says not to do, then we've sinned against him. So sin is anything that, that he tells us um anything that he that that he gives us direction on and we choose to go the opposite direction that would be considered sin so sin is anything that's, that's against what god says okay so that brings me to another question the bible says i will never leave you nor forsake you so if you decide to sin is god still there with you when you sin or did he leave because he cannot be in the presence of sin? That's a good question. Now he is always, always there. Um, will you, is, is he, he's watching, you know, so he knows all things. So there's never a point that he doesn't know what you're doing. So even if you're sinning against him, whatever that sin is, He's he still knows that you're sinning against him. And and the thing is that the beautiful part about it is that the Holy Spirit will speak to you. So even in the midst of you, you know, whatever you're doing that is considered sin, the Holy Spirit will nudge you and say, No, don't do that. He's con he's consistently, you know, ministering to you to tell you, go the other way. Um, don't do that. And even if you were involved in some sort of sin that he would be you know on you i'll give you an example so sin could be like you're gonna lie to somebody and in the moment of you lying he could be nudging you no tell the truth tell the truth but you continue with the lie because now you're like 
how do I get out of it? But he's been telling you all along, like, tell the truth. So that could be a sin, but he's there constantly through his Holy Spirit. Okay. Yeah, that is very true. He'll continue to talk to you and say, no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> Can anyone see God? No, we're not even in. So in our state that we're in, we're not positioned to see him. And um, he says, no man has seen him, you know, so we haven't seen God. And especially right now, um, when you're in your glorified body, you can see God. Um, and when would that happen? We don't know specifically, but there, you know, he's not able to be seen without without natural vision. Yeah, that's true. As a matter of fact, back in the Old Testament, it was the high priest only. And if he committed a sin, they would have to drag him out. Right. If he wasn't clean, if he came in, if he came in with the spot, he was dragged out. And even the priest at that time didn't see God. It's just that they that he spent time in the Holy of Holies with him in that that space that they was designated for that you know, for him to, to get his attention. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, how and why is it important to be born again? How, um, how is giving your life over to Christ, um, accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior and, and, and the repentance of your sin, meaning turning away from your sinful life. That is, how you are born again. So it's a heart posture. It's like, did you accept him in your heart? Um, you know, did you ask, are you sincerely apologetic? Are you sincerely repenting of your sins? Um, repenting meaning turning away from your, that sinful life. And um, the importance of it is to be saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin. Saved, saved from the penalty of sin because sin carries a penalty with it. The penalty of sin is death. So the wages of sin is death, um, and and death leads to hell, and ultimately the lake of fire. But Jesus came to save us from that. So if if we turn our life over to Him, or when we do turn our life over to Him, then we are positioned to be saved at that point. Okay. So this brings me to another question that's not on the list. <laughs> Is one saved always saved? No, because you can you can turn away from him if you wanted to. He's not the kind of God that he says, "Oh, you you ask for forgiveness, you turn your life over to me." But if you turn your back on him, unlike us human beings, God says, "Okay, well, you turn your back on me. I mean, you're no longer saved. Why would I come in and 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 save you?" If you don't want to be saved, you turned away from me. That's true. And when I first got saved, I had to repeat after the pastor. I believe it was Romans 10, 9, and 10. Mm -hmm. Is there another scripture that's referenced salvation? It's interesting <laughs> because when I thought about that, and it's, it's funny, I thought about that before, uh, before you sent me these questions, um, where did the prayer of salvation come from? And 
did it say pray this prayer? I haven't seen it. This and that's one of the so one of the things that God is leading me on in in this journey, um, you know, with studying His Word, He's saying stop assuming what He wants or what He what His Word says, and read His Word for what it says. If his if His Word says, if Jesus even gave us an example and said, "Pray this prayer of salvation." Jesus never even said, pray a prayer of salvation. He said, pray our father who art in heaven, right? Yeah. But in terms of praying a prayer of salvation, it's positioning that person, which I totally understand, to receive um, Christ as Lord and Savior. But the prayer of salvation is called that, but it's more like a standardized doctrinal prayer. But what if I don't say that exact prayer? What if I said, Lord, just come and save me. I just need you to help me. I need, is he going to say, well, you didn't pray the prayer of salvation? Nah, because you're still calling on his name. You're still calling on his name. So, you know, that may be your prayer of salvation. And Jesus uses that as an example where the Pharisees would, you know, say, Lord, I prayed and I prayed, you know, um, uh, to you and not should be recognized for praying to you but he says the sinner over here is praying lord help me that's true and that yeah. could be your prayer of salvation is i i cried out lord help me is that's as basic as god gets when jesus cried in scripture it says jesus wept mm -hmm. if he wanted to make that a whole bible verse longer you know with the whole uh, 10 words he would have made it that but just jesus wept was enough for that bible verse oh yes it definitely was you kind of answered this question already um if i was to give my life to christ do mm -hmm. i automatically get into heaven if you gave your life over to christ do you automatically get into heaven i say oh. no but go ahead <laughs> I would say it depends on your heart because I don't know I'm not God to say if you get in or not um because it could be very well you're in your deathbed and you could say Lord you know I give my life over to you and maybe you know he's heard you and, and accepted you into the kingdom um but I'm interested when you say no what would you think what were you thinking of I was thinking, yeah, you can get saved and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but mm -hmm. you cannot go back out and do whatever you choose to do. You can't send up a storm right. and then go, I'm going to kill this person, I'm going to kill that person, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. But I'm cool because I'm still going to have it. Yeah, so that's, that's, the, part, that's the part that um, that where you have to die daily to the flesh number one, but two, live a life of repentance because daily repenting, you know, somebody could say, why do I need to daily repent? Well, because you sin daily. You may not think you're sinning, but we have sinful thoughts. Um, and Jesus said, that's why Jesus is saying, you know, in, in, in Matthew 6, um, in Matthew 5 even, that he's looking at our heart. So our heart is very important. So if you sinned in your heart, you've already sinned and you need to ask for forgiveness for sinning in your heart. That's true. Mm -hmm. 
So living a life of repentance, and that's where um, when Jesus gave us that example prayer, that prayer is an example, but in that prayer, our Father who art in heaven, it has in there, forgive me of my sins, but it also requires you to forgive others for doing you wrong as well. Oh, yeah. You can't do one without the other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't I know that one? <laughs> he, he, and he designed it that way, you know? That's true. Okay. Once I'm saved, will all my problems go away? Man, I wish that was the case. No. <laughs> <laughs> no all your problems don't go away but he says take on his burden his burden is light and um his joke is easy meaning that with him the road may not be easy but at least you have him as your friend walking you through the this journey called life you know so it could be more difficult to live life without him versus with him so when you have him that doesn't mean that you're going to have every you know day that's like beautiful sunshiny you have flowers just hitting you in the face and this feels good you know you're you're doing very well but you know life has its turns the twists and turns but the difference is that at least you have a savior that cares about you and can help you navigate through those different challenges in life it's different not having him so like what is the importance of having him so with jesus you know you you have a it's like having a captain of a ship. So the, the ship is life. But where's the captain? Are you trying to drive your own ship? Because if you're trying to drive your own ship, you don't know the waters well enough to drive your own ship. So think of it like a child and a, and a parent. It's like my child want to get out here and they want to live life as an adult, but they're not even uh, skilled enough. They don't even know all the things that adults deal with to even be prepared to do that you can only there's only but so much time a window of time that you can really um have your child ready to deal with um regular life so you know when they are ready to deal with it then now they can navigate through life effectively but we we still need even in our adult years we still need a god we still need accountability we still need um the savior to lead and guide us through life because you just don't know by one decision it can take you off course. And mm -hmm. if you make a decision without him, he already knows the way. He already knows the future. So if you make a decision without him being involved, you can make the wrong decision. Do you know how many times I made the wrong decision? Oh, so it's yeah. like, my, you know, what I've learned now is like, well, Lord, I need to include you. That way, even if you tell me no, at least I know that you said no. And I'm like, okay, well, if I did it, I'm doing it on my own. Mm -hmm. Or... Lord, I'm not going to go that way because you told me not to. So we still left with the final decision, but having him as, you know, a lot of times we want that consultant or we want that, that big brother, that big sister, or, you know, a mentor um, that we can go to and share our problems with or share our challenges with and get some answers. And that's exactly what he's, what he's there doing. He's giving us answers. Yes, he is. I have another question. I understand we have free will. Mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people are being told is that true we do have free will um and 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 at you know when you think of it does it mean free will without consequences no you have free will but there's consequences it's just like you know it goes back to the parent-child relationship that child has free will to obey or disobey the parent and if the child is obedient, great. 
Um, but if the child is disobedient, there's a a penalty for being disobedient. And what is that, you know, what is the punishment for that particular disobedience? I'll give you an example. Let's say, for example, you know, um, let's use the lie situation as an example. Well, I don't see where I'm going to, you know, I'm really going to have any problems. Like if I lie to somebody, because basically um, the Bible says thou shalt not lie. So if that's a commandment, so we should tell the truth, right? Why does God say not to lie? Not because it's just sinful to lie. But it's also to foster good relationships. If if you, Gladys, you ask me a question and all I do is lie, you're not going to trust me anymore. That is so, very so true. God is a practical God. He's a practical God. And he's thinking about our relationships with other people. So if I'm lying around here, to if I lie to God, it ain't going to fed nobody. But if I lie to my neighbor, if I lie to my spouse, my children, my, you know, people around my friends, who is going to trust me? And God is saying, don't, thou shalt not lie, but, oh, well, I'm going to lie anyway. Well, then you're not going to have good relationships. Mm -hmm. That is very true. Uh, here's another question that's not on the list. Let's talk a little bit about the great tribulation. What mm -hmm. is that all about? A lot of people believe that would never happen, but according to scripture, we're going to enter Mm, enter into some serious times. So when you think of the tribulation, that tribulation has been existing since um, earlier in time. And um, different periods in time, there's been, you know, it's been known to, um, it's been known to, you know, happen in some kind of, um, during some sort of situation. And it's like, what does that tribulation look like? Um, there is trouble in the land. There's, you know, this chaos that's going on, but it may not be chaos in what we consider chaos, you know, like, you know, a war break out, you know, you got bombs everywhere. So I can say that's tribulation, but tribulation could be very well. Um, there is, you know, um, upheaval concerning um, people not getting their way, having, you know, marches around the world because they trying to make a statement that someone um, to, you know, not to be a dictatorship or whatever like that. So different things, you know, being being um, subjected to certain things that maybe you didn't want to be subjected to, that could be a representation of tribulation. But the great tribulation, as it refers to in scripture, there is more like, um, and again, the Bible in Revelation uses imagery a lot. So you can't take it as literal as it sounds. And that may sound weird, but literally you cannot take revelation itself to be as literal as the you know as the word may read because there are certain things in there that that's resemblance of something so john when he got the revelation he was describing what he saw but what he saw was something he never seen before right so great tribulation you know what happens during the great tribulation there's going to be you know some sort of chaos but what exactly does that look like it's really hard to say exactly to pinpoint what that looks like when we haven't even seen it yet. Is there but, a timeline in the Bible that gives up when it might start? I would say this. There is a timeline. If you, if you read Matthew chapter 24 and Jesus says that all these things have to happen 
before the Son of Man appeared. So he's given us a timeline, but we have to be very careful of putting that timeline on, you know, like these are the dates that things can happen because we really don't know the the hour nor the day, but we can get a sense that there is something that is happening, but really when does it happen? We really don't know the when. Even though people try to predict it, we can say 2050, um, uh, something's going to happen. But in our mind, it seems significant. They thought 2000, something was going to happen. Nothing happened, you know? Um, but I do believe there's, there's movement in the spirit realm that shows up in the natural. And it seems like, you know, that there's changes that's happening in the spirit realm that, you know, that we can be connected to to know that God is up to something, but what what is the dates? We don't even have a clue what the dates could be. That's true. I remember in the sixth grade, I was having a conversation with my best friend, Michelle, and we was talking about God and when he's coming back. And I said, oh, but maybe he'll come back in 2026. No, I doubt that. We all be dead by then. <laughs> <laughs> A child like mine. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, but this has been absolutely awesome. But before we go, tell us a little bit more in detail about the type of work you do. Now, I know you do personal and business taxes as well, because I'm definitely going to have you back on to speak on those things. Absolutely. So, you know, it's a wide range, and um, tax strategy is really, you know, what I, what, where I really thrive and help people. Um, basically with tax strategy, that's looking at how do I save money and you know, um, from paying the IRS, paying the state so much money in taxes. So strategizing, using the tax code to leverage um, what you're doing to save money. And so what, what I do is I um, meet with clients and I look at their situation. I hear certain things they say, little buzzwords they say that I'm like, hmm, maybe that's the tax savings there. Um, so using certain, you know, as a strategist, using their lifestyle to figure out how we can save money in taxes. Um, also, I do IT security assessments um, with uh, various states. That means looking at their systems, their IT systems, their access, how they configure the system, um, and other different things, making sure that they have security patches in place um, to basically secure the system from unauthorized access or hackers trying to get into the network. So I looked at that as well. Uh, so my years of experience has been in finances, accounting, as well as IT. Excellent. So before we leave, could you please leave your contact information for anyone that needs your help? Absolutely. So we can be reached, my office can be reached at 443-222-1978. And the number again is 443-222-1978. And my um, executive assistant will be ready to assist you with whatever matters that you need and get you on our calendar so we can schedule a consultation meeting. Right. Do you also have an email address? I sure do. So my email address is donald.butler, that's D-O-N-A-L-D dot butler, B-U-T-L-E-R at butlersquared.com. That's B-U-T-L-E-R, square with the D at the end, so squared, 
butlersquare.com. So donald.butler at butlersquare.com. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. This has Thank been you. great. Even I learned something as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you but for the invitation. You. You're welcome, everyone. Thank you. This has concluded Faithfully Committed Broadcast, and we will see you in two weeks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Faithfully Committed Podcast. You can find us on social media at Faithfully Committed Podcast. Take care.